Listener supporter KFUO, the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. It's time now for our moment in creation with Pastor Warren Worth of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Arnold. Hi, Pastor Worth. Hi, Gary. How are you today? I'm doing well. So I'm kind of intrigued about the subject that you sent me for the program, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, do creationists interfere with Christianity? What's that all about? Yeah, there's a, a, a claim that creationists deeply damage Christianity, and it, there's a wonderful answer to that accusation if you go to creation creation.com and they have a, a magazine a news magazine creation magazine called creation magazine live which is available on youtube but if you go to creation.com and type in the search field creationists damage christianity you'll get to see this program it's about a half hour long two uh, bible believing christians are Uh, examining that claim, and they do a superb job, more than we're going to have time for in our few minutes together here. But let me summarize some of the points there. First of all, they quote uh, a letter that they received uh, at Creation Ministries International, and the person who wrote the letter says, you are damaging Christianity deeply. You think science is wrong just where you need it to be, which should light up the warnings in your brain. And then he goes on and makes a number of other claims there. So, by believing what the Bible teaches about creation, they're claiming that we deeply damage Christianity. What the points that it goes on to make, it makes it sound like you're telling people that to be a Christian, you have to be anti-science, anti-intellectual, stupid, uneducated, gullible. That's essentially what he's saying. Later on, they quote uh, from William Lane Craig, who's a well-known uh, Christian philosopher, um, and uh, he's a, a professor at Houston Baptist University, and uh, very well thought of, often very good at debating uh, evolutionists, uh, uh, atheists, to prove that there's God, but he does seem to believe in evolution, and, and millions and billions of years, and uh, the Big Bang and all of that kind of stuff. So he's often critical of people who are young Earth creationists. Uh, he was shocked that about 50% of evangelical pastors uh, believe that the Earth is 10,000 years old or less, which would certainly fit what the Bible teaches. Uh, he thinks that's nonsense and is a terrible embarrassment that so many Christian pastors don't believe in millions and billions of years of evolution. So uh, you can see it's not only the atheists who are critical of a creationist position, sometimes even those who claim to be Christians, um, who want Christianity to be reasonable, mm-hmm. uh, want to reject what the Bible teaches about creation, to, to reject what the Bible teaches about the age of the earth, and so on and so forth. So... The answers that they give uh, in this program are very good. First of all, they make the same kind of point that you find in Answers in Genesis, the difference between observational science and historical science. And the idea is that science, per se, and the scientific method, deals with being able to examine the world in the present time and have uh, repeatable, observable evidence for things. You can, you can do tests, you can do experiments, it can be repeated again and again, and you get the same results. Okay, That's how science is supposed to work. But when you're dealing with origins, dinosaur fossils and things like this, you have to realize that the story that you tell is not the science itself. That's interpretive, and there's a difference between that and the actual facts, the actual observations. 
So they do an excellent job of distinguishing. So if you dug up a fossil dinosaur bone, okay, what does that tell you? Well, what's factual is the bone itself. What's factual is where you found it, what layers of rocks it was in, things like this. The story you tell about how long ago the dinosaur died and how the dinosaur lived and all these things, that's not something you're observing in the present. It's not observable, testable, repeatable. That's a story that you're telling. It may be true. It may be false. Kind of like going into the courtroom after a crime has been committed, you have the evidence, like fingerprints and DNA evidence, and here's where we found the smoking gun and whatever else, but then the story that the attorneys tell about what happened when other people were not there to observe it, that's subject to debate. And so they do a good job of explaining that. We all have uh, these Christian friends, those who don't believe in in a young earth, they'll say, well, you know, how do we know a day was a 24-hour day? You know, how long did the earth sit in darkness? And, And even if it is a few billion years old, what does it really matter in the end? Answer that. Okay. Well, I think they do a really good job in this short video, a half-hour-long video, of answering a lot of those questions. They also point to many other links to other articles available at creation.com that answer some of those other questions. So the question you asked about how do we know a day is a day is really a theological question. It's an exegetical question. It's a question of how do you read and understand the Bible. And again, we don't have time to get into it deeply on this program. Maybe we can do it another day. But basically, it's, you know, if you examine the, what the Bible actually says and let the Bible interpret itself, you're going to come to the conclusion, as the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has officially in its official teaching, that the days of creation were ordinary days. So the Bible says there was evening and morning day one, evening and morning day two, you know, it's a cycle of light and darkness. Uh, When you get to Exodus and the giving of the Ten Commandments, God says, you know, six days man shall work and rest on the seventh day because God created heaven and earth and all they contained in six days and he rested on the seventh day and hallowed and sanctified it. So there's plenty of evidence in the Bible that the days in Genesis 1 were days as we would experience them, a cycle of light and darkness, uh, like in our seven-day week. So that's a really it's a theological question, not a scientific question. Okay, that's, that's a completely different thing there. And regarding uh, other kinds of questions people come up with, it's always good to distinguish what's a scientific question, was a historical question, was a theological question or an exegetical question about do you understand the Bible correctly? And that's, of course, something we want to keep straight as well. I know we don't have a lot of more time to talk about these things in detail, but often people want to accuse creationists of being stupid and saying you couldn't get into a scientific program in a university if you tried. Well, as a matter of fact, both creation uh, Ministries International and Answers in Genesis have on their staff many, many scientists who have PhDs in their respective fields. These are not stupid people. Some of those people used to believe in evolution, and they came to Christianity when they studied the evidence and realized that what the Bible teaches actually is a better explanation of things than the stories that are told by those who believe in evolution. So uh, that's a really interesting question of its own. They've got articles there, for example, 101 evidences for a young earth, a young age of the earth. So lots of material there that our listeners may be interested in looking up to find answers to some of the questions that they have. It comes back to, ultimately, though, you know, Jesus says that the people who reject his teaching are like building on sand. When the, the flood comes and the rain comes down, that it has no foundation, it's going to be washed away. Whereas the people who build on their faith on what Jesus says 
they're building on the rock. And when the storms come, that house will not fall. And, and more than talking about the age of the earth and creation versus evolution, it comes back to the central teaching of the Bible, which is the gospel itself. Um, and that, too, people who don't believe the Bible, people who don't want to believe what seems to them to be nonsense, are going to reject. But, you know, the Bible itself says that the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who believe it is a wisdom of God, it is the power of God. And I think that's something uh, our listeners want to take to heart, that those who reject what the Bible tells about creation, the flood of Noah's day, and so forth, are undermining the very teaching that we hold dear and want to proclaim to the world because it's the only message whereby a person can be saved. And this faith in Jesus the Christ, who is not only our creator, but also our redeemer, who died on Calvary's cross and rose from the dead on the third day, that we might have the free gift of everlasting life by God's grace, by repenting of our sins and believing in Jesus as our Savior. And that's why we talk about these things day after day and week after week and encourage our listeners to avail themselves of the wonderful materials that are available out there uh, from our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, Concordia Publishing House, but also Answers in Genesis, Creation Ministries International. They have lots of materials that will help them to teach their children and grandchildren the truth. Let us end the program with a prayer. Will you lead us? I would be happy to do so. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you want all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. By your almighty power and unsearchable wisdom, break and hinder all the counsel of those who hate your word and who by corrupt teaching would destroy it. Enlighten them with the knowledge of your glory that they may know the riches of your heavenly grace and in peace and righteousness serve you, the only true God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being on the program today, Pastor Worth. My pleasure. We are listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news.